Well, hello. Welcome, everybody, the Young Living Enthusiasts out there. This is the Monday Night Call, and my name is Monty Moran. I am a Young Living Silver. I've been with Young Living for over five years now. Uh, if you're new to the call, welcome. I, we always love having new people. And as you may have heard, this is a Young Living team call, but with a twist of zest. Uh, we reach to all Young Living members. They could be downline, upline, crossline, cross-country, cross-international borders. We frequently have Young Living corporate staff on to educate us on fantastic happenings, fantastic happenings in our corporate world. Uh, sometimes I even have people on who have nothing to do with Young Living but have a compelling message to share. So this is kind of like how the Monday Night Calls work. You can have access to all the 100, well, there's more than 100 now, 100 and some past calls. Simply becoming a free member at diamondfactory.smartmember.com. And I have something new with that one, and that is with the memberships, uh, the monthly $15 part has been spanked by Mercury Retrograde, forcing us to rethink how we are going to do this. So what we decided instead of doing the monthly membership, it's going to go to a one-time price. So the current paid members are going to get a crazy deal. Um, look for our message uh, in the next week or two. Uh, then anybody who's a new member, uh, there will be a deal running from now until the end of 2015, and then for 2016, then the price will go up to a, um, probably a one-time price for the lifetime of the site. Uh, what else am I looking at? Yeah, so that was a big one. And then um, if anybody's ever watched Jen Springer's Periscopes, or if you'd like to see Jen Springer's Periscopes, you can find hers at rebel underscore health. Uh, and I'm also, I'm also doing Periscopes. It's at Oil Slicked without the E in it. And shoot, it's already October. I always do, you know, I always do the first Mondays of the month. And so usually I get the first run through of the promo. So bear with me. Here we go. I'm going to do the promos and we'll get into the juicy call. This call, I get a feeling, will probably only last half an hour because I don't have anybody to, com to have a conversation with. And I think with my 10 tips on becoming a observant entrepreneur, this should be uh, short, concise, and really good to the point. Uh, but first of all, with the promos. So for October, if anybody's on Essentially Rewards, the bonus for being on the rewards in addition to the um, 192.50 and 300 PVs is 15 mils of thieves. So if you're on Essentially Rewards, um, you get the 15 mils of thieves when you hit uh, one of these three. With a 190 PV, you get five mils of clove, and we love clove. It's a great cooking thing, and also it's uh, before the new laundry detergent came out, we were doing clove in our laundry also. For 250 PV, uh, include the clove, and then also 20 essential rewards points. But now here's the really, really cool part, and I got a feeling there's going to be a boatload of people who are going to hit the 300 PV this month. And that is when you do the 300 PV, not only do you get the 15 mil of thieves, um, if you're doing the Essential Rewards bonus, and the 5 mil clove, and the 20 Essential Rewards points, but also you get the Rose Diffuser. So yeah, there's going to be a lot of us that are going to be hitting 300 PV, I got a feeling, this month. All right, so <clears throat> right now I'm going to give you two choices. You can either be observant or you can be oblivious. And for those of you, for those of you who have picked the latter choice, good night. Please hang up. It's not uh, the message for you. Okay, now that they've hung up, <clears throat> now it's just us. Here's the, and there's an interesting paraphrase with this, is that 
doesn't seem like the, the oblivious ones always get hung up, right? Okay, so now we have the observant people, or on the line we also have uh, people who are probably testing to see if they've missed anything or to say to themselves, uh-huh, done that, okay, I do that, and then, you know, the ones that cross over from being oblivious to being observant. So here we go. And I put the top ten, but I get a feeling I have two extra bonus ones because 12 is a magic number because it adds up to three. So here, and I'm going to give you the first one is, all right, well, how do you guys even do the Monday Night Calls? How do you host people or how do people do events and shows and things like that? Well, I'm going to share Jen Springer's first secret. When she uh, first started doing the Monday Night Calls again, um, you know, she had a lot of corporate people on, and she was wondering, how do, I, how do I interview these people and make it interesting? Well, guess who she followed to figure out how, she, how to do this? And this is a guy she studied, and you're probably going to shake your heads when you hear it, but if you, if you actually listen to him and you understand how he does his interviews, there's a reason why he's the number, number one talk show on uh, satellite radio. So her secret is Howard Stern on satellite radio. Um, and if you don't vibe with Howard Stern, there's also some other great ones. Watch Diane Sawyer, Barbara Walters, um, anybody who's into the woo-woo stuff. George Norrie is a great interviewer. And, of course, then there's the old, the old guy who's done a phenomenal job over, I don't know how many decades, Larry King. So if you're learning how to, you know, how to interview people or how to be a host for any kind of show, whether it's a, a Super Saturday, um, your own little get-together, maybe it's some sort of a training event, or even start doing your own calls, uh, follow the, or watch those people. And that's what we do is we actually we just observe, like, okay, how do people do this? How do people do that? Um, and if you're not into the whole radio, TV thing, then in real life, how about try this? We always get called to go to weddings. So watch who at the weddings are the ones who run the show because there's always somebody who takes over. And it could be the best man, could be um, the bridesmaid, it could be, could be the pastor or, you know, whoever's hosting. Um, some people even hire a, uh, a talk show or not a talk show. They hire a speaker to do uh, anything with uh, talking because some people just can't talk. So check out wedding wedding dinners, dances, that thing, like see who hosts, and even the DJs, for for crying out loud. They're, sometimes they're really good hosts. Um, and then also with hosting is if you eat at a really good dining restaurant and you're ushered into your table, observe how the restaurant host works and and what what atmosphere they work in. You know, for instance, if you go into a uh, a fancy steakhouse and a, the host brings you to your table, Typically, a really good host is going to tell you, you know, who your server is going to be, the specials of the day, um, maybe some specialties that the kitchen has for the day, things like that. So watch what they do. This is the trick of being really observant. So just with that topic alone, like how to interview and how to host shows, follow Jen Secret, find Howard Stern, or if you have any other uh, favorites from this list, like Diane Sawyer, Barbara Walters, George Norrie, Larry King, um, go to real live events, like see if you can find what people do in their own shows or their own uh, parties, things like that, wedding dinners, um, Super Saturdays, things like that, big events, or even how they do it at a convention. Like how do they host and how do they interview? Because there's always going to be somebody who's going to be the main host 
And there's always going to be somebody that's going to interview a panel of people, and how do they do that? And then, you know, on a lighter note, just watch how a restaurant host works. The good ones are really phenomenal. And then let's do this one, human billboards. Because I'm a people watcher, and usually when I, when I go out and I watch people, I'm trying to figure out, you know, what are they about, what's their story, and usually you can tell because they're a walking billboard. Now, admittedly, uh, I don't wear clothes with big, big logos, mainly because I think it's gaudy, and second, they're not paying me to wear those emblems. People always, you know, I always think about it like, okay, so why would you wear a big Adidas logo if Adidas is not paying you? That's the reason why the NFL players and the baseball players, why they do that is because they're getting paid to wear that stuff. So think about it. When you're wearing things, um, you know, you are the, the billboard, and, and if you're trying to run your own business, it'd be way cooler to be your own billboard. And actually, here's what I do. is Okay, so obviously I don't wear anything with big logos like that. But you can also, uh, how do I say this? You could brand yourself as your own billboard. So, for instance, uh, maybe I'll just use myself. I have a style, I have a look, and, and people who know me can pretty much pick this out. Um, so the things that I wear, like how I put together my clothing ensemble is pretty much my brand. So uh, it could be Under Armour shirts, and it's usually the small logo. It's not the big, giant one. Um, and a lot of these is because they fit good, they feel good. Most of them are not from China. But uh, like Robert Graham button-ups, I love those shirts because they feel good. Uh, Robert Graham jeans, cords, but they don't. They never have like the big logo. Um, I love board shorts that are stretchy, and but they still have that street casual look with pockets. Uh, you might notice that I wear mixed match socks. That's kind of my, I guess my brand if you want to look at that. Usually they're crazy designs with the socks. Um, and then with shoes, I don't have, uh, you know, the Air Force Ones or anything like that. It's usually going to be like Donald Pliers or Fries or even my quarter-century-old Doc Martens that are just champion shoes to be wearing all the time. Um, or you might even notice that I wear the toe shoes, and that's kind of the way I roll. Um, oh, and then maybe sometimes I wear a hat or a vest or maybe a, a simple dress jacket, uh, casual dress jacket. But uh, there's nothing that's a that's a big logo. And with that, then it's like, all right, so this is how Monty dresses as a stylist his on, ensemble, but he's not wearing a big Adidas logo. He's not wearing um, a big Nike swoosh. You know, it's just the way he puts together his uh, outfits. Um, what do I want to go with? Oh, and then there's people. So, okay, that's me. But then you got to watch, if you're observant, you know, some people – they might, uh, how do I say this? They might advertise themselves as a sports enthusiast. So, you know, they might wear the baseball cap or the football, or the baseball cap with the football logo. They might wear the, the jerseys, um, hockey, football, things like that. Uh, some people might even wear like farmers hats with John Deere on them. You know, that's their logo, or maybe their logo is camouflage things or pink things like look at Victoria's Secret and their pink campaign things like that so think about when you're watching people how are they how are they presenting themselves you know are they are they presenting themselves as their own brand or are they presenting a like an Adidas brand or a, a Nike brand something like that unwittingly 
Um, even look at shoes. You know, there's people who are cowboy shoes wearers. There are people who are flip-flop wearers, uh, things like that. Or even look at, you know, winter's coming, coats. My gosh, think about it. I just saw somebody try on a FUBU jacket the other day, and FUBU has FUBU written all the way down the side of the coat. So it's pretty obvious it's a FUBU jacket. Okay, so <clears throat> watch, just observe, like, how people are, are using themselves as a billboard. You know, is it their own style? Is, are they um, representing a cause? Are they representing themselves, their company, things like that? Or maybe it's just um, their humor or their beliefs. You know, with, um, look at Spring Tea or uh, Spencer's. Oh, my gosh, I can't believe I just said Spencer's. You know, those crazy logos. Maybe that's um, some weird saying on their shirt that that's, you know, that's their belief or that's their humor. And not everybody really appreciates their humor, but that's them. You know, so you're using yourself as a human billboard no matter how you look at it. So observe those people because it's an easy way to strike up a conversation because if they're, if they're doing the sports thing, then you can like start talking about sports. Or if they're into the, um, some weird humor thing on their shirt, you could ask them, well, what's that about or whatever. Easy way to be observant and, and kind of figure out how a person rolls, really. Um, <clears throat> now with that, Here's probably the, the the biggest ones. All right, so I listed off quite a few, but let's talk about how people actually buy and sell. Okay, and so we know how people interview, how people uh, present things, and how people present themselves. But now with buying and selling, start watching. If you watch TV, and uh, you could use this as an, an example of, okay, I'm doing research, is flip onto the Home Shopping Network, HSN, or QVC, and see how they sell. And then just kind of ask yourself, is that something you can do? Does that not feel right? Would you buy from them? Would you not buy from them? You know, do you like the hype? Do you, you know, do you like how they explain everything in detail over and over again? Um, and kind of vibe on, you know, does that really, does it feel right? Does it work? Did it make you want to buy something? Observe how people, you know, sell like that. Um, or on a not-so-professional level, expo shows or vendor benders. I'll do this quite a bit, even if I have my own, let's say if I have my own booth. Usually what I'll do is, like, when I get set up, usually I can get set up pretty quick, is I'll go around to the other vendors and see how they sell themselves and how they sell their products, their service. And if you do that enough, you're going to learn real quick who is really good and who really sucks, uh, you know. And I'll explain. I'll explain how this works because with expo shows and vendor benders, if you've ever been down the aisle and it's really busy and you see you see the guy who's who's out in the aisle and he's like pushing to get people to, or pushing or pulling, depending on how you look at it, to get people in to talk to them or like trying to sell something or trying to hand out something. And you notice that people either turn around and walk the other way or they start, you know, veering around this guy. That's probably not the way you want to be running your own uh, expo booth or vendor booth. Um, but then you'll see, you know, some people, they'll sit there and they might be on their phone or they might just have their head down or, you know, they're not really saying anything to anybody and people just walk by them. That's usually not a great way to buy, to basically sell yourself or your product or your service as well because, you're not saying anything. Um, but then if you really watch, people who have a line of people waiting to talk to them, 
it's usually the case where that person in the booth is genuinely interested in what the other their, well, not customer but prospect would be a word what the prospect has to say or questions or curiosities or just it could be small talk and usually the best way to do anything is start small talk get to know who the person is and what they're interested in um, they may never buy from you but they might be a good resource to refer you to somebody else but um, if you don't get a chance to reach out and tell them hey you know, I really like you, and I hope you really like and trust me. And you may not be a customer for me, but I hope maybe you have somebody that you know that you could refer to or send over. If I'm doing a vendor vendor, you might be able to say, hey, go talk to this guy or go talk to this lady. Um, she's got something you might be interested in. You never know. You never know. I'm, it's never a strikeout. Um, most people can say when they do expo booths, um, they don't know how it went because usually they have a list of people that they have to follow up with contacts, things like that. So watch how people how people do that um, at expo shows that you're not running a booth at. Or even if you are running a booth, like watch how other people are doing things. Um, very interesting. Because the ones who are really good have actually probably figured out what little tidbits other people have done that seem to work, and they incorporate that into their own, um, how I want to say, greeting, their pitch, uh, maybe the way they close or semi-close or ask questions. We're always learning from other people. Uh, oh, and then think about this. If you ever go to pay gas and you decide you want to pay inside, if you go to the gas station, watch how the people in the gas station work. And you can tell you know, which, one, which gas station you want to go back to because usually if you decide to pay inside, um, you get treated really well. They might be humorous. They might be just efficient um, or even just be at the till. Um, but if there's people that you go to the gas station and you notice, and this is the observant thing is, so what doesn't work? You know, maybe they're, maybe they're rude. Maybe they're abrupt. Maybe they're not in a hurry to ring you up, things like that. Watch that. That's, that's the real trick to be observant is, okay, what works? What doesn't work? And then... <clears throat> This might be a funny one. People that sell clothes, okay? And so now let's do a comparison of, and I'm going to pick on Jen because she has a, she, she fails at this one as far as being a sucker buyer. So people that, that sell clothes at Kmart versus the buckle, okay? Well, if you notice, people at Kmart probably are not going to be pushing you to buy as many clothes as you can because... They really don't care because they're not getting commission off that. The buckle, on the other hand, they will they will be there and they will pick out clothes for you and they will they'll tell you what they think and you know how you could fit into a smaller pair of jeans and how good you look, um, you know what accessories might be good to tie in with that. I think they also do that pretty good at the at Victoria's Secret, but watch how they sell because they're selling because they're making a commission. And they're always, how do I say this? They, they are always trying to help you buy more. And that's usually the trick is, is if you can help somebody make their own decision by encouraging them with uh, compliments, things that might look better that maybe that customer hasn't seen yet, that's how they work. And uh, I know Jen falls for that all the time. Uh, so 
go check it out. Like try, you know, go to Kmart and see, go to the, you know, go buy clothes and, and see what they say. Probably not anything. You go to the buckle and they're going to be on you from the minute you walk in the door. Um, is it annoying? I don't know. Some people really love the, the service. Some people are just, you know, they're at a window shop. Um, but it's always fun to like observe and watch. Like how are they, how are they selling, you know, or how are they even doing their service? Are they doing a good job? Are they doing an over-the-top job? Are they even giving you attention? Because most of the time we want some sort of attention because we're usually there to buy something anyway. Um, or sometimes we're there to get an idea, and then you usually, up, usually end up buying something just because that's the way it works at the buckle. And I could use other stores too, but I know, I know firsthand I've watched this, and they're phenomenal at the buckle. I don't know what their training is, but I need to watch that some more. Um, and then if you have your favorite restaurant, how does the wait staff treat you? Okay, so if you're being observant, you'll notice that the observant wait staff will actually recognize you if you've come in more than like two or three times and go, oh, yeah, you were here before, maybe or maybe not. Sometimes they're shy and they might just, you might see that sparkle in the, light, the, sparkle in the eye and they might recognize you. Um, but list, like watch that versus... The wait staff where, you know, they don't care. You're another table. You're another number, and maybe they're they have way too many tables to give you attention. Um, but I know firsthand. I actually waited tables not too long ago, as just a gig to do over lunch hour, just to give myself some a uh, little extra cash, and then you know just have fun. And <clears throat> there was people that always came back, and they always asked for the, the a certain uh, waiter or waitress, you know, somebody wait staff because. They like that person. I've seen it over and over again. There was a few that even like wanted to see me. I don't know why. But that's what I wanted to touch on was, you know, how to be observant. And so, being observant also means um, not going through the motions. It's all right. Well, we're in a business, and we're always trying to work on improving ourselves. And yes, there are a ton of books we could read videos to watch, audio books, things like that. But sometimes you really need that, that real-world tie-in. And with that, um, I hope I gave you enough ideas with, you know, if you are trying to do an interview, like how to interview people with Howard Stern, Diane Sawyer, Barbara Walters, Larry King, people like that, um, how they do wedding shows, dances. That was just an example, how they host things. Um, how people use themselves as a human billboard. Because when you tie all this in together, like how people represent themselves, how people talk to other people, um, you know, how you, uh, you know, I, I don't know. You got to be a people watcher to really, to really appreciate this. But as you go through life, instead of just going through the motions, start thinking about, all right, so why did that person do that, or why did that person do this? You know, was there, was there a motive behind it? You know, are they making extra commission if they? They go above and beyond. Um, is it just a straight uh, job that they do, um, or do they really love talking to people and they're they're interested in people? Because let's face it, we love people who love us. And so, if you can watch people who love on other people, then you can pick up on that. You can pick up on how uh, they might say the right things. They might have they might have maybe not even the the, the words or the, the audio cues, maybe they have the the body language, things like that. That always is interesting how people pick up on that because that's, let's face it, body language is, is probably the number one 
language that people um, are probably still trying to put together as, as far as honing their skills. Because you can say the right things, but if you're rolling your eyes or if you're saying it in a monotonous way um, because you've said it like a million times, that's usually going to be picked up as, you know, I'm not really interested in this anymore. I'm not interested in you. People pick up on that and they'll move on. But if you stay interested and, and you see the eye contact or they see, oh, my gosh, even Roby Mitchell, we had Roby Mitchell this weekend. That guy will stare right in your eyes and, like, try to read your soul, uh, trying to figure out, you know, what you're about. And I think that's, you know, one of the things that I observed was he wants to know what you're about and what your story is, things like that. And we should all be doing that, just trying to figure out who, when, when we're talking to somebody, it's not just talk to them, but really figure out who they are, what they're about. Um, do they have any stories that you might be able to use either as a learning lesson or, you know, uh, some other skills that you could pick up, it's phenomenal. Uh, so with that, I'm just going to tie this up with when you're being observant, life gets much more interesting, and I think we can be far more successful if we start watching what other people do and how we can incorporate how they do that into our lives, or vice versa. If you see somebody that's doing something that's like, you know, I, that's a turn off, or, you know, I don't even want to deal with that person, pick up on what they're doing that would, you know, that, you know, you might come across in your own life and go, shoot, I acted just like that one person did, and now I just failed tremendously just like that that person did. So pick up on them, pay, you know, pay attention, because when you become super observant, um, things happen great. Plus, being oblivious, you know, you miss all kinds of opportunities. We're always looking for opportunities, opening the doors, uh, letting people in, and hopefully bringing them into our business. Okay, so I think I did it. I think I did this in a half hour. Sweet. Um, all right. Did I miss anything? I better look at my notes because I had a few things. No, I did them all. In fact, I think that was 12. But I'll leave you with one, one thing here is every time you watch or listen to a commercial, ask yourself this because I always hear it either on the radio or, or on TV, is if they're doing a commercial, ask yourself, how does this make you feel about yourself? And then ask yourself, how do you feel about that person, that company, or their cause? And did they get their, their message across? Because I've seen a lot of, I've heard a lot of commercials and seen a lot of commercials where it might get you sucked in, it might make you feel good about yourself, it might make you feel bad about yourself, um, it might make you feel more interested in, that person or their company or the cause, and it might totally turn you off. But be observant on that one and just ask yourself, okay, how do I feel about that? Because once you realize how, feel, how you feel about that, then you can kind of tweak your own skill set and go, oh, yeah, you know, I listened to one commercial and uh, that had nothing to do with me. Or, you know, I feel really bad. Like, I, I should feel bad about myself. Think about that and then see if you do that yourself in your own life and then also pick up on the commercials that make you feel good about yourself um, or make you feel more curious or feel good about that company or the person that's doing the commercial or even the cause, for that matter. Uh, there's a lot of good causes out there that uh, might change your, your attitude. So listen to those because sometimes that's the, the little, how do I say this, the, little, the keys to life that you pick up like little messages as you go along your way is, oh, yeah, that was a good one. Oh, yeah, that was a good one. Oh, no, 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 that was not a good one. Okay, I did it. Half hour. So 
that's it. If you want to be a great observer, just start watching, people watching, uh, pay close attention to uh, how people sell, how people represent themselves, how people talk to you, how people make you feel, things like that, and then add, subtract, tweak, however you want to do it with your own skill sets and start polishing it up because the more we learn from others, the quickly we learn how to be great entrepreneurs. Okay, I'm going to open up the lines, and I'm going to close this off real early, and I'm going to let me uh, unrecord first.